With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey! They're off and it is on! And betting line has taken the lead. Choo-choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike. With co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! It's Thursday afternoon, and you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, where we have an action-packed show for you today. And Mike, you know, it's been, a, uh, it's been an especially long week uh, here in Cleveland, but uh, we're, I'm going out of town next week, and we're, I'm going to be doing the show on the road. So it'll, be a, so it'll be a little bit of a vacation for me, at least. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Boy, how many listeners did we just lose there in that last two seconds? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you'll you'll be on the road. Uh, and as a matter of fact, Mike, speaking of the show, of course, I'll be returning back to Harris, Philadelphia, coming up on April 2nd. So uh, we've got a time change, Mike, in our show. And uh, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, you know, we've got a little bit of a time change. Uh, we decided uh, a couple of days ago, we were kind of talking back and forth. We did not want to return to the 7 o'clock post time. Uh, we decided that uh, our listenership was too good in the uh, morning and afternoon times to uh, to kind of cut away from that. So we're going to switch to Thursday mornings at 10.30. We're going to go at 10.30 in the morning. This will be the last change until uh, December, Mike, when you, uh, when you decide uh, you're not going to work anymore for a couple months. <laughs> That's right. So it'll be 1030 on Thursday morning. So we'll have uh, more information on that on our website. And of course, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter for all showtimes. By the way, Mike, I know we've got a great show on tap for you today. But before we get into that, uh, another somber note, Mike, tomorrow would have been Sam McKee's 55th birthday. So on uh, behalf of all of us, say happy birthday to the big guy up in heaven. And he's watching over us, Mike. No question. Yeah, definitely. A, a, you know, just thoughts and prayers at this family. I've been kind of watching the Facebook post and, you know, uh, it, somebody made a comment earlier on Facebook that they couldn't believe that they wouldn't hear his voice calling the races again. And I feel about the, uh, about the same way, Mike, something else we wanted to talk about real quick, uh, on the, uh, verge of our action pack show. We wanted to, uh, real quick, uh, throw out the, uh, barn fire relief effort going on for Dan and Jerry Rowland, uh, from Minnesota. Uh, they race at running aces, 
uh, who just happens to be one of our sponsors. And on March 16th, um, they were awakened by the sirens of the fire department, Mike, and uh, unfortunately, it totally destroyed their barn, killing nine of the ten horses that uh, were inside, including a two-day-old colt and two pregnant mares. Uh, Currently, there's a GoFundMe page set up. We will share that GoFundMe page on all of our social media feeds. It's GoFundMe.com backslash 3IY2FPK. Yeah, terrible stuff. Please give what you can. Well, we've got a great show on tap for you today. The uh, head of the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York, Joe Feraldo, will be joining us. And he wrote a very interesting letter about beard trainers. Normally, Mike, we uh, we kind of we stay away from that stuff normally, so it's kind of going out of our bounds a little bit, uh, kind of pressing the envelope for us a little bit. But you know what? Uh, you know, we talk about positively promoting harness racing, and I think one of the big things and one of the big ways to positively promote harness racing is to try to correct some of the wrongs in harness racing. So Joe Feraldo took a big step with a very interesting letter. He is going to join us towards the bottom of the hour. Plus, we've got Tom Charters. He is the president and CEO of the Hamiltonian Society, but for not much longer. John Campbell is going to be taking over uh, Come up, uh, coming up later this year, and uh, we're going to talk to Tom Charters. First time for Tom on this show, Mike. So we'll talk to him about his uh, impending retirement and career. Plus... Our good friend, Louis-Philippe Waugh. Has this kid just gone on a complete roll or what at Woodbine? You talk about a kid going absolute beast mode. He has just gone beast mode up there, and we're going to talk to him about it. Plus, it's our guy, Gabe, one of the segments we can't wait for <laughs> each and every week, Mike Gabe Pruitt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll talk with Gabe and Mike. We bring our favorite segment back. We go around the horn again. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Hannah handicapping contest going on uh, through um, the Hannah website. And uh, this is a contest. This is my third year uh, play or racing in it is sort of, I guess you would call it, but Mike, this year, again, I'm playing for our sponsor, New Vocations, and uh, we're going to kind of talk each and every week about the uh, Grand Circuit events going on, and I, uh, I have to submit my selections by five o'clock, so uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some, uh, hopefully we can get some winners this week. That's right. You'll be doing your handicapping right here on the air. So listen, everybody, <laughs> right. for the next hour or so, and you can hear so you, the who, wheels who, turn as Mike Carter so you, comes away with his selection. Listen, it's so you know who not to pick, okay? (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, it's Tom Charters on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica. Now at BetAmerica, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Beth America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Great show coming up for you today. Driver Louis Philippe Wall will be joining us at about 1.15 or so. Plus, we have Joe Feraldo. He's going to talk about uh, his article that he wrote the New York State uh, Gaming Commission concerning beard trainers. Plus, we've got Gabe Pruitt and lots, lots more. But first, it is Tom Charters. Tom is uh, the current, but not for much longer, he is the current president and CEO of the Hamiltonian Society, and uh, John Campbell will be taking over for him a little bit later on in the year. Tom, how goes it, sir? It goes fine. It goes fine. Well, Tom, we appreciate you joining us. You've had a long, uh, long time at the Hamiltonian Society. Let's, uh, let's turn back the hands of time a little bit. Why don't you tell us about how you got started in the business of harness racing? Um, well, I was uh, went to the fairs in, in – uh, Ohio, went to Old Hilliard Raceway. Um, I can remember the moment I saw a friend of mine, a family friend, taking care of a horse, actually laying hands on a horse, and I said, this is for me. Um, I'm going to figure out a way to, to, you know, spend my life doing this. So um, one thing left to, led to another. I took care of uh Horses, even when I got out of college, worked for uh, people like uh, Dick Hackett in Ohio and then Dick Buxton and Delvin Miller. And uh, got uh, Delvin actually, although he offered me a job training a couple of horses, I got uh, had to have some surgery. He called me right back and said they're looking for an assistant at the Meadows. Um Delvin was a pretty good agent as far as finding work for me. So uh, I was went to Meadows a couple of years. Uh, I worked for Kenny Marshall, who I think you said you're great friends with. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, just a, the man that knew, he knew more about the rule book than any man I ever met. Yeah, Kenny was a great guy. Kenny was tremendous mentor. Yeah, he was he was my boss at Hazel Park for ten years. Just a great, great guy, and and uh, I'll tell you what, he was as fair as the day was long. Yep, he was. I, I uh, every once in a while, I want to call him when I have a question about the rules, and 
now a little disheartened when I realize I can't. Anyway, I, uh, while I was race secretary at the Meadows, uh, I got a call one night about going overseas and being a director of racing at a trotting track in Macau, which is about 20 miles west of Hong Kong. And I was young and sim- single and thought if I don't do it, I always wonder what it would have been like. So I went there for 18 months and uh, came back to the States, didn't have a job. Once again, got a Christmas card or got a call from Delvin. I missed the card. It went to Macau. But said, don't do anything about a job till you talk to me. Hamiltonian Society was starting the British Crown. Delvin asked me to interview for it. I did and got hired. And that was 19, January 1984. Um, and that's how I got to, with a few uh, changes in title, that's where I got where I am today. Now, Tom, obviously uh, the Hamiltonian Society uh, is invested in a lot of different things uh, as far as the sport is concerned. Over the years, uh, what are some of your favorite memories uh, of working with the Hamiltonian Society? Well, I mean, I get to go to the winter circle uh, for the Hamiltonian. (laughs) How much better does it get? And you rarely meet anybody that's unhappy there. Same with the Breeders' Crown. I've been to all the Breeders' Crown, I've lost count, but uh, I've been to every one, and it, it's exciting to take part of uh, uh, that with uh, people who... Uh, it, it's exciting just to, and satisfying to be with people who are in the Breeders' Crown. I think one of the things that I uh, really enjoy is have a, somebody come up and say, you don't remember me. We had a horse in the Breeders' Crown at at Rosecroft, and, you know, it's named the date, and we, no, we didn't win, but we had a great time, and uh, that's that's been big satisfaction, and that's part of our approach to racing, is we want people to remember the experience, regardless whether they win or not. Visiting with Tom Charters of the Hamiltonian Society. Tom, what's, uh, what's next, friend? I know, uh, I remember uh, when Kenny used to get back to Hazel Park, he used to talk about you guys doing a lot of fishing. What's uh, what's next on your horizon? Well, I'm staying on staff. I just, a year ago, I informed the board that uh, I wanted to cut back, spend more time with my wife, who's been retired for a couple of years. If uh, ideally maybe work uh, 20 hours a week uh, and even so I'm going to do that through October, and uh, I've even told the board that, uh, or the executive committee that I'd like to, uh, um, I'd be available beyond that for even just events or whatever, whatever I can do to help the society. They've been awfully good to me over the years, and terrific board, terrific staff. Uh, I feel like I've got a lot invested in it and it will continue to be great with john um you know it's a year ago i didn't know john was going to stop driving so uh, like a lot of things in life timing's everything and uh, well that was going to be that was going to be my next question to you tom about uh, john campbell you know john is uh the great 
driver, the, perhaps the greatest guy that ever sat behind a harness horse of all time, and certainly have to feel that the Hamiltonian Society will, will be in great hands with John at the helm. Certainly. And, I mean, John's been on the board for, for many years. He's a guy that I've reached out to over the years for his opinion or his counsel on things, and uh, I look forward to it continuing. He's, um, you know, his, he brings uh, obviously different talents, uh, but he brings, we have some of the same. We both, I think, network pretty well in the industry, especially with racetracks, um, as far as placing races, keeping them going forward. Um, and uh, we share a lot of the same opinions on other things in the industry. So it's, um, I, I think it's a wonderful choice. Uh, I was asked about it during the search process and gave my hearty endorsement. Uh, John, in fact, we were talking. We were. He was down here yesterday, and we were talking and filling out some just paperwork. And I said, "Have you ever had a salary before?" <laughs> and I said, "Not since." His, I said, uh, "Well, probably not since you worked for your your father cleaning stalls." He said, "He never got around a salary, <laughs> his dad, but <laughs> but it is." Uh, John's smart enough and has a good perspective on things that uh, John could do well they, any any job he, he chose. Dean um, often tells a story that about um, my mentor, Delvin Miller. Uh, Francis McKenzie once said just that. Delvin Miller would have been a success in any field he chose, and, and I think John's falls into that category who by no the way about it. i gave john about two years ago found a letter from delvin where he says i think johnny campbell's the greatest driver i've ever seen so wow. that's pretty yeah uh, coming from the coming from those uh coming from that uh, those mouth that mouth i'll tell you that's a pretty high endorsement no question well, Tom, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of, look, best of luck to you as you move forward. And, uh, and hey, you've done a great job with the Hamiltonian Society, and we're glad you're, uh, glad you're keeping your two cents in, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I think the society will continue to flourish and, and uh, do a great job under John and this, the staff here that we're leaving. And we'll All see. right. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Tom Charters, the uh, current president and CEO of the Hamiltonian Society, turning the reins over to John Campbell a little bit later on in the year. And, uh, and Mike, I got to tell you, Tom, uh, obviously a, a, a wealth of information. It's good news to see that he is going to stick around and be uh, still be a part of that board. Yeah, definitely. And it was cool to hear some of the stories that he had talking about uh, Delvin Miller. And, you know, I, I had no idea that he'd been overseas to work. So that was a lot of fun to hear as well. Certainly. Well, we've been come back. It's Louis Philippois, the backside of this commercial break on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. After last year's record setting season, Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in beautiful Minnesota is gearing up for its 10th anniversary season of live harness racing action from May 20th to September 16th this year. 
Come join the First Class Racing at our top-notch facility. For horsemen, stall applications are available starting February 15th and are due by March 15th. For racing fans, Running Aces will also be adding more excitement with additional new multi-race wagers this season. You can find our product at most simulcasting facilities across North America and on your favorite ADW site. For simulcasting agreements, contact Ben Flum at Running Aces. Don't miss any of the action. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday with a post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time, 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. on post time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by driver Louis Philibois. And Louis, uh, let's talk a little bit about your uh, driving career. You're coming off a uh, fantastic season so far, including a gold cup and saucer victory last year. What was it like to win that race? Uh, for me, it was, uh, I never expected even to be in that race that year. Uh, last year has really been, like you say, a fantastic year for me. Uh, I was uh, before that in 2015. I was a, I'd say, regular driver at Hippodrome uh, Trois Rivières, but I wasn't the the most popular there. And uh, it started like uh, maybe 15 uh, months ago that I started going to Rideau Carlton, and I became more and more popular popular there. And uh, like you said, uh, your question was about the Gold Cup and Saucer, but like I said, I, I wasn't. Uh, I never thought that I would be in the race, and to win it was a a real uh, bonus. Yeah, with YS Lotus uh, set that track record there, and and uh, you drove that horse for Rene Allard, a guy that has certainly give you an opportunity to drive a majority of his horses on the WEG circuit. Talk a little bit about your relationship and how you got started with Rene. Yeah, uh, we met us uh, on P High on the Hold On Week when they they have that race, the Go Cup and Saucer. I'll say uh, about five years ago, but uh, I never drove for Rene uh, before that uh, that race uh, with Wyos Lotus. But we were friends, and uh, even at that time, I wasn't driving on professional tracks, so we were just friends because uh, we we both come from Quebec and. Uh, 
to 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 be with Quebecer in on PEI. We had some fun there, and uh, he he called me just two days before uh, the entries for uh, the Gold Cup and Saucer last year, and asked me if I was gonna be there for for uh, this year too. That he might have a horse uh, for me to drive. Now, Louis, where did you uh, first get your harness racing start, uh, being from Quebec? Uh, and where did you get your? Uh, how did you get in the business? Uh, my my dad used to have horse uh, before he had uh, my brother and I as kid. And uh, in the house, we had picture and uh, video of horse racing, but we didn't get real interest uh, until the age of uh, fifteen. Uh, where with friends of mine from Quebec, they had a retired old horse uh, in their in their field. They, that, they didn't have any other racehorse, but they had one that uh, was retired, was maybe ten years old, and we we tried to uh, to get him back to races uh, together uh, with my dad helping us a bit uh, to to teach us uh, how to train and everything. That horse never made it back to the race, but we finally bought some other horse, and we got interest from that. Visiting with Louis-Philippe Wad, driver that is uh, taking the WEG circuit by storm. And, you know, a lot of times younger drivers have problems adjusting from the smaller circuit to the bigger circuit. How was that adjustment process for you, switching over from some of the smaller tracks to the WEG circuit on a full-time basis? Uh, it was for sure a big adjustment, not not just for uh, the small track to the big track, but too for the the, the competition of driver that is in uh, in Mohawk and Woodbine. There's a lot of good drivers, so it uh, you can't do much mistakes at these at these level. And uh, but the fact that I had real good horse to drive for Renalard, it it sure helped me to make the move uh, and to. To get my driving adjust to to the biggest track and to the bigger level. Now, what's next for you? Uh, do you have any plans to come to the United States at all and drive uh, any of those horses, or is it plan right now just to stay in Canada? Uh, I'm still in process to get my uh, my work visa to to be able to drive in USA, but I don't know uh, I don't know if I'll make the move or not or what's our the, the plan so far i don't think too far but uh, for now i i really enjoy driving at uh, on the wag and uh, if i need to go somewhere else i will do it just to make in fact i just want to live my life uh, driving horses i don't really care where it, where it is all right. Well, listen, Louis, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Won a, a, you won an O'Brien Award back in 2016. It was the uh, rising star. I think they call it the future star up in Canada. But I think the future is now, my friend. I think you've established yourself, and we certainly look forward to uh, enjoying your driving talents going forward, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, that was Louis Philippe on. I'll tell you what, this kid, Mike, he's not really a kid. He's in his upper 20s, but he has just taken the WEG circuit by storm. Uh, I know a lot of it, uh, driving Renee Lard's horses, you're driving some good horses, but still, you can see that uh, this kid is just just has mad talent behind uh, behind a horse, Mike. Yeah, definitely. The one thing that I read online a little bit earlier today was, I mean, he just he knows how to use his hands. And, he, you know, the last driver I saw like that was Jim Morrill Jr. And we all know how good Jim Morrill is uh, in the New York circuit. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and see him driving some of the big stake races in, uh, in Canada. And who knows, maybe we'll get to see him down here in the U.S. some.
I can't miss interview is up next. It's the head of the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York, Joe Feraldo, and uh, we're going to talk about an article that he wrote just a couple of short days ago concerning beard trainers. You're not going to want to miss it. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. At Bet America, we're giving away free Kentucky Derby bets. Bet a winner in any Derby prep race now through April 15th, and we'll give you a free bet on that horse to win the 2017 Kentucky Derby. Check out the BetAmerica.com promo calendar for opt-in info and rules. And don't forget about our new bigger and better intro bonus, where your first deposit is tripled. Join Bet America today. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now. We're joined by Joe Feraldo. And, Joe, you wrote a very interesting article uh, about beard trainers. And certainly, beard trainers has become a big time problem in our sport. And I was kind of trying to think about the first question I was going to ask you and I was, as I was reading your article. And I think I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked in your article to start this things off and I'll quote you. You said, why don't the commissions proactively put this to bed and take concrete steps to end the careers of beards and those who utilize them with a coordinated, thoughtful industry initiative. I'm going to ask you that same question. Why hasn't the, the, the commissions been more on the offensive as far as this thing goes? I I hate to say it. it might be economics, the economics of doing these kinds of investigations, but I don't believe that uh, there's much economic um, uh, investment that has to be made to do some of the things I outlined. I think it's just basically uh, following the, the money, follow the path of the money, and it doesn't cost a lot of money to do that. And I'm surprised in the past the commissions have been doing things like this, uh, but I don't think they do it to the extent that they need to do it or uh, often enough. 
because the, the problem with beards has kind of proliferated since there has been inactivity by the commissions. Now, Joe, um, I'm going to kind of revert back to the um, USTA meetings where Ryan Macedonio brought up uh, the fact that maybe, you know, trainers need to go through like some sort of four-year program. Obviously, I don't think we need to go that far, but what do you think we can do as an industry to kind of help uh, thwart some of these off and, uh, you know, some of the beard trainers away? Well, what has to be done, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily um, a retraining or, or basically giving continued education, uh, make, make that available for trainers, because that's not the problem. The people who are down on the record as a trainer, those people would be the people who would be taking the program. Those are not the people this, this is aimed at. This is aimed at the people who are behind those people, who are sharing the trainer's fee with those people to be basically their front because either they're barred uh, by a, a license suspension or revocation, or they're barred, uh, if not by the commission, then by a track operator. These things need to come to light. We need, we need to get to the root of the problem. A program educating trainers doesn't, doesn't address this issue at all. In your article, Joe, you mentioned, uh, gosh, and I, there might have been more, but I counted at least 13 different things that trainers would have to submit to what you call the association judge or the judges uh, in general. Um, what do you believe the penalty should be? Like, say, for example, this is enacted tomorrow, and some of the trainers, and we'll just say one trainer as an example, obviously we won't use a name, of course, but one trainer, for an example, doesn't provide what the judges want them to provide in your list of 13 things. What do you believe the punishment should be? Should it be on a, a graded scale, or should, or should we go right to the juggler and say one strike, you're out? Well, there may be a lot of reasons why someone couldn't comply with the 13 directives that I've suggested be done. Um, that's, one, that's one issue. But assuming that these 13 or a part, part of that number reveals the idea the identity of a trainer and beard trainer relationship, I believe that the trainer who's down on the program fronting for the beard should get a 10-year suspension. And upon that individual getting a 10-year suspension, the number of beard trainers will dramatically increase. Now, Joe, with the 10-year suspension, obviously, you know, and we, we've, I guess we've kind of not really skipped around the point, but, you know, we know that, that you know, not everything in harness racing is right. And as positive as we try to be, uh, you know, obviously we know there are beard traders out there. What, and I guess I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, kind of phrase this question to you, but, you know, wh where did, has this been a problem, do you think, since, early in the 90s, or is this kind of a new problem? I think it's relatively uh, a, a relatively new problem, and, and I see it and I hear a lot about it, and I think it does demean the industry and it hurts the industry, and it needs to be, it, it needs to be corrected and it needs to be addressed, and this is an easy way, in my opinion, to address it. Uh, and instead of us doing, doing it anecdotally, we should do it uh, so that we actually do discover who is a beard for someone else, what owners are employing those people knowing that they are beards for someone else, and not letting the person who is the actual trainer escape responsibility and move from a bearded trainer to yet another bearded trainer or to 
four new bearded trainers for the same person. This has got to stop. We have to get rid of them and this problem, and the only way to do it is to follow the money. And that's why there are 13 points, because you can't just follow the money up to a certain point. You have to follow the money from the beginning of the trail to the end of the trail. It's very interesting stuff. Now, a lot of people, Joe, have talked about perhaps suspending the horse. Where do you stand on that? I, I, I am against suspending the horse unless person who is part and parcel to the utilization of a beard trainer, that owner, is using a beard trainer with the knowledge that he's using a beard trainer. So the trainer down on the program is X, the real trainer is Y, the owner is paying the bills to Y, while X is down as the trainer of record. That indicates to me that the owner has responsibility. And then in that situation, the owner should face a penalty also. And if that penalty is imposed upon the owner, the owner will be prohibited from participating because of a license suspension. And that that should occur. Now, Joe, this was a letter that you wrote to the New York uh, Racing Commission, right? That is correct. The game. Have you heard Have you heard back from them at all? No, I haven't heard back from them at all. And I also invited other horsemen's associations to get on board and do approximately the same thing that I'm trying to do here in New York, and that is get a, get the commissions off their duff and get them to work on this this problem. The sooner, the better. The only association that I think has responded in kind uh, has been the Florida SBOA and I think um, the Delaware Horsemen's Association. Joe, what role, uh, if any, do you believe the USTA should take in this? Well, the the USTA, you know, again, this becomes a question of, of resources. The USTA can do the same kind of thing. And the only power, however, that the USTA has would be to suspend a membership of someone. But under Rule 1, Section 3 of the uh, rules of the USTA, then that person, if he still contained or possessed a license in any state jurisdiction, the USTA would have to give him what's known as a Rule 1, Section 3 membership. So that doesn't really effectuate anything unless, unless, Unless the procedure is done by the commission, I don't think the USTA's role is that big in this at all because I don't think it, it gets to the resolution of the problem. That can only be done by the commission. And once it's done by the commission and spread around the industry as a ruling of a commission, then every other racetrack and every other horseman's association will know that this person has been found guilty of being a bearded trainer. And that's important Joe, what do you, for the industry. Joe, what do you think the next step is from here? I mean, I know we've, you've written a, a very uh, in-depth letter about what you believe should be done um, to try to, you know, counteract this problem. What do you think the next step is? Like, say, for example, what happens if the Gaming Commission never gets back to you? What do you think our next steps are? Well, the next step would be to implement the program, and I try to make it very detailed. I know you you, you were good enough to count up the number of things that are requested here uh, at 13, um, but I, I think that the commissions actually have to move on this. And, and, and because I've had experience, and, and I've been in this game for so long, perhaps too long, uh, many people might say, uh, I think I know how to get this done. So I'm trying to give a little... Um, uh, 
primer, if you will, to the commission in in an effort to help them find out and root root the the the, the core of this problem, which is the the trainer that's hiding behind the beard. And I I didn't want to just make a suggestion to the gaming commission that you should do something about this to be very specific so I could give them a roadmap as to how to ferret out the trainer who's hiding behind the beard. And if they implement this, I think you will find that there will be less, if if not a complete elimination of um, trainers hiding behind beards. You know, I often always thought, uh, Joe, that we have to clean up our own house before we invite people in. And I obviously think that there needs to be something about this, even before we start talking about getting newer people to the sport, getting newer owners to the sport. Because uh, when we finally do get people interested in the sport, we want to give them a clean sport. We want to give them a fighting chance at the windows. Obviously, believe that this is a very, very big and important problem. Joe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Certainly enjoyed that article, and uh, we'll see what happens next, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you. Wow, that was Joe Feraldo, the head of the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York. And uh, Mike, I'm not so sure we've ever quite had an interview like that one before. No, not at all, and it was uh, it was informative, and you know he gave some good points, and it was really interesting to hear what he had to say as far as uh, as far as beard trainers go, and you know listen, we we've said it a hundred times, we positively promote the sport of harness racing, but we're not blind uh, to know that there yeah. are issues that need to be discussed. Uh, we just you know we try to bring out the facts, not necessarily our opinion, and I think uh, when we talk to people uh, who write articles like this or you know what have you. It's more about bringing out the facts of their opinion, not ours. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of helps uh, helps out as well. Well, that's the thing. I think you see a lot of opinionated discussion going on. A lot of the opinions are unfounded. And, Mike, you know what they say about opinions. Everyone has one, you know. So, <laughs> no, so you know, they say opinions are like, you know, it's a family show, so I don't want to say the actual saying. But, no. but you know, course. Mike, I mean – but when we have a chance to interview somebody like Joe, who is obviously making an attempt to try to get this problem under control, I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to completely eliminate the problem, but obviously something has to be done. And, you know, listen, when we have an opportunity to bring somebody on that wants to present, you know, the facts of their side of the story and we can kind of divest our own opinions out of it, then, you know, we're more than happy to do that. So that was a very good interview. Hope everybody had a chance to catch it. And, uh, hey, that might be worth uh, listening to it again. So if you heard it live and you want to listen on the archive, you can do so on Bet America right after the show. Well, we've got the Gabe Pruitt is going to be coming on in just a few minutes, Mike. And it's our ever so popular weekly, weekly Pompano segment. So we're going to talk to Gabe about what's going on down there. How about first of its kind, Mike? I had a chance to watch some of the racing Sunday because I badly needed the five bucks. So I had to go to Bet America and double up, uh, you know, go against Gabe and get my usual $5 uh, stipend for the week. But, but, uh, oh my God. But the first of its kind, I'll tell you, this horse is roaring. Now, this is a horse that Harris Philly quite a bit last year was kind of like a mid-level condition horse. Um, you know, certainly didn't embarrass himself, but certainly is not as good as he was now. And Jason Robinson has just been down there cleaning house. So we'll have a chance to talk to Gabe about that. Plus around the horn is coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to take a look at the action coming up this week from Yonkers matchmaker and uh, George Morton Levy series, uh, both in round two. So we'll talk about that when we come back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Northwood stands ready to serve its growing customer base in representing them at both yearling and mixed sales and in private purchases of racing and breeding stock. If you're looking into the harness racing marketplace as a buyer or seller, call Northwood today. Northwood is the most experienced and professional representation for public auction and private sales. Northwood is now accepting entries to the 2017 yearling sales. Visit them online at northwoodbloodstock.com. That's northwoodbloodstock.com. The action is always hot at Harness Racing's Winter Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horse player attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday too, for the most time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's Winter Capital, Pompano Park. back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and I know he's probably dancing on the other side of the phone. It's Mr. Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, what's going on, my friend? No, I like the intro music. We've, we've stepped our game up, uh, I see. I like that a lot. <laughs> listen, we Well, we listen, moved from... Gabe, you know, with that five bucks I win every Sunday, I was able to upgrade our music selection <laughs> a little bit. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Speaking of that, boy, did I get my teeth kicked in this past uh, Sunday night. So everyone out there, get, in, get involved. Uh, it's the last Sunday Bet America contest this week. So five bucks to enter. And uh, as you just uh, alluded to, Mike, it's, it's a chance to pick up a free $5 as you are yeah. only having to pick up more winners than myself. Yeah, we have to get Bet America on the phone. We can't let them end this thing. <laughs> 
exactly. They, uh, the finance department out at uh, Bet America, probably uh, rethinking this marketing strategy together at this point. Hey, hey, listen. You know what? That means that Pompano Park is uh, paying for this show wholeheartedly. So, uh, you know what? We we love you, Gabe. That's you know that's all there is to it, man. Listen, let's talk uh, a little bit about the Open One handicap on Sunday. How about the move by first of its kind, having to come first up and closing gamely in the stretch, Gabe, making up three ground three grounds three lengths turning for home on Drek and Hanover, who set some pretty honest fractions early, but uh, Wally Hennessy slowed it down uh, in the uh, second quarter to a 29 and two second quarter and then sped it up. And then uh, first of its kind came from off the pace and uh, scored the victory. You know, Wally alluded to one time we have another pregame show is the absolute uh, best guys. He said, you know, I like to be going fast when they're going slow and I like to be going uh, uh, slow on top, and I can get away with a, a breather. So uh, he's just the absolute best. He knows uh, he has such a great feel for the uh, races. And you said that he got away very cheap there on the uh, front end. I thought that uh, he was probably going to be home free, especially when first of its kind was forced three wide. It looked like he was just at an impossible spot. But what a uh, move, as you said, he'd won three. Uh, the thing is, that's the last uh, one we're going to see, though, because he has uh, shipped north since. Well, a big effort uh, on his uh, way out for first of its kind. No question about it. And, Gabe, I had a chance to watch that race. And, actually, I had Drock and Hanover in the contest. And it looked like he was home free. I mean, it looked like he was home free. First of its kind was actually milking cover. And from what I remember the race, the cover was kind of backing up on him in the turn there. And usually at Pompano Park, when, when that happens and you lose a length or two on that turn, you're, you're pretty much in deep water. But, boy, I'll tell you, he just kept chugging and somehow caught Drack and Hanover. That was quite an effort. No question. And if you really watch our track night in, night out, you know just how impressive a move uh, that was. You know, we have such a speed-favoring track. as The two horses seen for me, George and Drank and Annabelle, having that tactical advantage through the uh, tempered fraction. So what a move, and uh, I agree. And uh, Mike, I'm after uh, Frank there. I think that horse paid a whopping $3. That may have been my only winner in the contest Sunday. Listen, he had a show bet. Guaranteed he had a show bet on that horse. You know, he had to make his couple of pennies back in case he didn't win the five dollars. So, so listen, real quick, uh I know you got a meeting to go to soon, but the Philly and Mare open handicap trot that happened on uh, Tuesday, uh you guys had a uh, a little bit of a bomb, sixteen to one here, Gabe. She's all in. Had to come from off the pace. The favorite from post eight, Diamond Dagger, never got going for uh Jason Dillinder. You know, Diamond Dagger fired, uh, she misfired for that matter. She just did not uh, bring her fastball uh, that night and um, actually didn't have a bad trip at all. She got away last, but she was tracking up uh, live cover, the mayor that uh, finished second there, Modern Mercury, but she gapped that cover, which allowed she's all in to uh, work her way out of a tough spot. She was actually uh, third on the rail, and she fanned out there. I believe, guys, that was uh, her 30-something career win. I do know that was the largest win usual she has ever paid, so uh, $34.00. The upset with the She's All In, we had pick six mania that night, and I'm sure you guys saw we had a carryover nearly $17,000. That was a season-high carryover to pick six. We had uh, well over 35000 and new money bet into that uh, pool, and the She's All In sparked a big payout there, 11700 and change for 50 cents. There were four tickets out at the end of the day, and the tickets really all over the uh, map. We had uh, people spend as little as $24 to take down that uh, big score at as much as a 600. So some of the smaller players and uh, bigger players both uh, scored there in that big six. Now, Gabe, obviously Saturdays disappear for Pompano Park. Uh, what's the next couple of weeks like as uh, you guys come up on closing day? 
Well, we have bulked up the uh, number of races. We've bulked up the field sizes since eliminating uh, Saturdays as we continue Sunday through Wednesday. Uh, the next couple of weeks, guys, we're on that schedule. Then after the first week of April, we drew, do drop another day, so we'll be at three nights per week uh, through the uh, final three weeks of April. But uh, we should continue with the uh, solid competitive racing. The pick four pools have been launched into another orbit. Uh, they've gained a lot of momentum. In fact, the average pick four pool over the uh, last four nights here, nearly $1,000. So uh, really incredible. Last two nights, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night, uh, we were right at the $21,000 mark. And then, of course, Sunday nights we offered 20000 guarantee. And this past Sunday night we were at uh, 33000 and change. So we've got uh, a lot of momentum in that uh, low takeout, just 12% on our pick four. Now, Gabe, obviously you uh, are coming to the end of your meet uh, here in just a couple of weeks. Um, and what, what's the plan for, uh, for, for one Gabe Pruitt after, uh, after the meet ends? Well, we've still got a couple of months, in fact. So we go through the end of May. It uh, seems a lot further away to me than it may to you. So we'll see what happens uh, at that <laughs> point. Uh, we're down to two nights per week, actually, throughout the uh, month of May. Uh, at that point, um, at some point, I'll be heading back to uh, Kentucky, and we'll uh, mosey on into the uh, the Red Mile season eventually, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate it. We don't want you to be late for your meeting, buddy. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. And, uh, listen, it's been fun as always. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. That was Gabe Pruitt. And, uh, Mike, yeah, listen, you, you collected your dimes off that show bet, I hope. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, this is going to be the third straight week. I'm trying to win that $5. But if you're wondering what we're talking about, Bet America contests. And I have to tell you, Bet America contests are a lot of fun. Get involved. Um, honestly, I never really was a big uh, you know, horse racing contest guy, a horse racing tournament guy until I got involved with Bet America. And now I am hooked, and I guarantee you, you will be too. So log on to their website, betamerica.com. Go to Handicapping Contest. I guarantee you'll have a great time. And we do every Sunday with, uh, with Gabe Pruitt. All you have to do is he gives a set of picks, you give a set of picks. It's $2 win place. And uh, if you can out uh, do Gabe for, I believe it's like six races or so, then, uh, hey, you double up. All you have to do is beat Gabe. So it's, you know, it's not a whole lot of money, Mike, but it certainly is a lot of fun. Hey, listen, if you could double, you can't even double your money in the lottery sometimes. Sometimes you put up five, you get back one. So, or in your case, you put up five, get back a penny maybe. But yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> anyway. that's right. All right. Take well, coming up, next, take us to break, will you? Yeah. Coming up next is our around the horn segment that'll wrap up the show. We'll be back here in just a little bit. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 Night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday with a post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time, 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. 
Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, RonAces.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? It's been a long time since we heard that open. It's the Around the Horn segment back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. And Mike, uh, we kind of built this segment up a little bit last year as we went through the Grand Circuit races. This year we'll do the same thing. And uh, like I said, most of the Grand Circuit races um, are going to be uh, are going to be uh, part of the Hannah Handicapping Contest. And Mike, I am playing for a sponsor, New Vocations. So it uh, should be a good time. Yeah, it certainly should be. As a matter of fact, we're going to, and I know we talked about this off the air, but we kind of like to have board meetings on the air sometimes. And, <laughs> and we do that with purpose because we like to give feedback. We love getting feedback. We want to know what the, our audience wants. And uh, we're going to try to get uh, from our Around the Horn segment, maybe starting next week, we're going to try to get some special guests on to, to go through uh, to go through it with us. Like uh, maybe we've got, uh, let's see, we've got Matt Rose or Frank Drucker. Or uh, let's see, who else can we bring on? John Hernan, because Derek all the actors are going to be at Yonkers over the next couple of weeks. Who? Derek Givner. Derek Givner, of course. So uh, if you, so uh, don't take your phone off the hook if I just called your name for a week, because uh, your phone's probably going to be ringing. But uh, nonetheless, that's probably what we're going to do. But anyway, big-time action coming up at the Hilltop on Friday and Saturday. They're in round two already, the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series. Uh, that's from Mares. They're in their second leg. 
It is the uh, first division. It starts in race five. It also starts to pick Mike in the purses of $40,000. By the way, Mike, not to change the subject real quick, but another across-the-board purse increase for Yonkers. So they are just going for uh, a crazy amount of money right now, but it's uh, it's certainly good to see. So some great racing there at Yonkers. Starts in uh, race five, and Mike, you've got the horse that won one of the last week. She's just a delight getting the rail spot for a driver Ron Cushing and trainer Heidi Gibbs. The horse I'm kind of looking out after, though, is Diva's Image. Look at that post shift. Goes well against Regal Electra, a horse that I think is also moving into form. So I think you can't have to keep an eye on her. Joe Bongiorno with Richard Johnson connection. And of course, Sand Between Your Toes, uh, the three-quarter of a million dollar earner who has a lot of back class, Mike. You know, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that uh Diva's image, uh, one from post six, two starts back, and Mike, the hard-charging effort made up almost four lengths in the stretch, coming home in 27-2, and two, only losing to Regal Electra. That is actually going to be my selection here. Diva's image at 9-2 to two, um, is uh, is coming off a win, two starts back, and Mike, I got to tell you, you know, if Joe Bongiorno can get into a good spot, I think Diva's image has definitely got a shot. Sam Between Your Toes is another horse to watch out for. Is coming down from Woodbine, where Doug McNair has been driving, Mike. Um, trainer Larry Remen uh, bringing this uh, six-year-old mare down. She's got a mark of 150, excuse me, 149 and one in her three-year-old season. She's won 24 of 64 starts. She definitely cannot be counted out either. And of course, like you said, from the rail, uh, she's just a delight. Ron Cushing. It's nice to see uh, Ron Cushing's name back in the program, Mike, uh, at least uh, down on this end of the, uh, this end of the uh, country. Yeah, it certainly is. She was the heavy favorite last time to win, and uh, she'll certainly be amongst the betting favorites once again. The next race is race six, Blue Chip Matchmaker Series, continuing along. And a horse that has beat Sam between your toes twice in a row is in this race, Mike. Another horse coming from uh, Woodbine was racing at Yonkers, but is now back at Yonkers. Wrangler Magic for uh, the team of Renee Allard and Danielle Dubain. This horse obviously has some speed, showed some speed last week, and uh, may be able to put that speed to good use considering the uh, two inside of her really don't have all that much speed in McKenzie and uh, Hidden Land. The morning line favorite here is Mocket Apar. She won her blue chip uh, leg last time, uh, just winning by a nose in 153-2 and two over Bedroom Confessions with that 27-2 and two close. She has been in very good form, Mike. She's uh, won two of her last three. She moves out a little bit from post two but fo- po- to post five, but one of those wins in the Philly Mare Preferred were in post seven about three weeks back. So you certainly have to give it to But I think Wrangler Magic has uh, got something here perhaps for a prize. You know, it's interesting you say that about Wrangler Magic. Of course, Louis Philibois was driving this horse uh, who was on our show a little bit earlier, and uh, he drove this horse last week. And Wrangler Magic has looked very good in Canada, but so has Renee Allard, Mike. And, that, you know, the big thing uh, that I've noticed about Renee Allard, at least on Sundays, is he has a big chance to win those mile-and-a-quarter races um, from just about any post. But I'm going to go with Mockatapar here. I think Mockatapar uh, winning by nose last week, uh, just barely holding on, 27-2, and 153-2 final time, uh, looked very sharp. But the start, two starts back from post seven. In fact, the start before that, uh, Mike, uh, both of those starts were from both seven, finished second and first alike. I think Mockatapar is going to be very tough here. No question about it. Uh, Division three in the second leg of the blue chip matchmakers in race seven at Yonkers on Friday night. And I'll tell you what, you got some heavy hitters there. You've got Apple, who is always 
uh, ready for this blue chip matchmaker series. Nine-year-old Mare continues to do great things. She's made close to $1.9 million, closing in on that $2 million mark. She picked up her 50th uh, career win late last year, and she uh, she made two hundred sixty. Last year in 26 starts, so she is obviously oozing of class, and she gets Brett Miller back in the bike after a couple of tough posts. Bedroom confessions almost beat Market apart last time from the perfect trip. You certainly have to consider her, but we've got Celibate in this race, Mike. She's looking to find her form. Regal Electra horse, who I had a chance to see quite of in the last couple of years at Harris, Philadelphia is uh, coming off a two-race win streak, but that uh, post seven is going to be very, very tough against this quality of field. But uh, I got a feeling that uh, I got a feeling that Crispy Apple is getting ready to bring her A game to matchmaker. She usually does around this time, so keep an eye on her with that big post shift. You know what's interesting about Crispy Apple, Mike? Look at every post besides the qualifier that this horse has drawn. Seven, eight, 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 eight. Finally gets an inside draw. I think Crispy Apple is definitely the play here. Uh, of course, Bedroom Confessions to the inside is a very good uh, very good mare as well, but I'm going to have to go with Crispy Apple here. The post shift should definitely help. Like you said, Brett Miller back of the bike. Uh, you know, we, we've said it a couple of times, first or second time Brett Miller. It's, uh, it's tough not to pick, uh, pick against him. All right. The George Morton Levy series continues on Saturday night. It is the second leg and uh, we've got some divisions of the George Morton Levy coming up on Saturday night. They started race six. They're going for a purse of $50,000, a field of seven and uh, a good field. Better's edge driver. Brett Miller is going to get a slight morning line favorite nod. And I'll tell you what, this is a pretty uh, tough and competitive race. Better's edge had the one last time in the slop. Uh, made the quarter brush and uh, just came up on empty towards the end. They're only closing home in 29 and two, maybe the off track. This horse is only making his second start uh, off that uh, qualifier. So maybe he will be a little bit tighter, but uh, I don't know. You probably don't want to take short odds on that. I mean, you've got Keystone velocity or a quarter move last time and uh, also tired on the sloppy track against uh, Missile J. You've got the Santa Fe, Santa Fe Beach Boy, who's uh, very talented and capable of big miles at a lot of different times. So this is just a wide, wide open race, Mike. And uh, I'm not really sure who to, who to take here, but I'll tell you what, demand value on whoever you go with. Yeah, you know, the, this race is tough because nobody in this field finished better than fourth in their Levy elimination, so that makes this race even harder. Caviar Luca uh, came first up and just couldn't advance last time out uh, last week. Santa Fe Beach Boy, Mike, really raced well, uh, was parked to the opening quarter, and then just kind of tired late in the mile, 29-2 and two final quarter. I wasn't really impressed with that. Of course, Better's Edge draws the inside, and Better N, excuse me, Burning N, uh, gets post number two. I think I'm going to give the nod here to Burning N uh, and, and just kind of hope for a little bit of value. Like you said, we got to demand some value from this race. This race is really tough. As like you, I said, nobody finished better than fourth in this race in their Levy elimination. So that's kind of a, uh, kind of a little bit of a red flag. Hope for some value, hope for a trip. Well, race number seven features a horse who uh, got a lot of fanfare back on the 18th. Uh, Mick Wicked, and this is a horse that uh, just uh, was was treated pretty wicked in that first quarter. <laughs> was three <laughs> wide there, and uh, made the front uh, that track obviously tiring due to the slop. And, uh, this horse uh, was uh, certainly lived up to that. I mean, it was fifty cents on just absolutely had nothing left. I think we're going to see a better trip from Mick Wicked. But look at some of the competition. Bit of a legend. 
is only making his fourth start of the year, so you know his form cycle's headed in the positive direction. Mockett So is only making his second start of the year, so you know his form cycle's headed in the positive direction. Ron's got speed from the rail. Remember Rocket Ron uh, from uh, Confederation Cup fame, Mike Beaton, Wiggle It, Jiggle It. So this is a very, very tough race. Um, I don't know. I, I love McWicked. You know, I, I love the horse, but uh, there are some heavy inside of a mic but i'll tell you what at 20 if you get 20 to 1 you might want to take a shot because in my opinion with the way that track was playing last week with the slop and the considering that and the trip that the horse had last week you may want to give him another chance but i don't think you're going to get 20 to 1 listen if you get 20 to 1 on mcwicked i'm selling your car <laughs> and we're going to both go bet on this horse mcwicked has no business being 20 to 1 on the morning line mm-hmm. all you got to do and and you know listen I, I i get it the computer makes the morning line but all you got and the morning line is not necessarily how good or bad the horse is mike it's how the betters are going to bet the horse and and look at 50 cents on the dollar 80 cents on the dollar 40 cents on the dollar it's hard for me to believe that 20 to one is going to last of this horse, but do I think uh, McWicket has a little bit of a chance? Sure. Uh, raced really well at Pompano uh, coming back for trainer, Steve Elliott, uh, two starts back here at Yonkers really uh, got over the track. Well, Mike, and then, uh, you know, of course in the lead league got roughed up uh, in the opening quarter. I think rock and Ron has got a good chance. He only missed by a head from post six against um, provocative Prince and provocative prince uh raced very very good in that eliminate or excuse me in that uh race as well and then of course you had mocket so uh so it wasn't a it wasn't a tough field but you know it, this race is another tough one because you've got a lot of big heavy shooters bit of a legend as you mentioned is back after finishing second only missing a half a length um you've got blood brother draws the outside only missed one and a half lengths mike to missile j who is no slouch Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, we'll see Jay in race nine. It is the third division lane two of that Jordan Levy series, and uh, this is a really good race. Prince has just been on fire. He's on four in a row now. Jordan Stratton, Jay, just been unbelievable. Five of six this year. I'm going to go on eight for 19 last year and could 49 and one over at Dover, so you certainly got to give him. Uh, a lot of credit. Uh, how about Vegas vacation? How about this horse missing his 2016 season after making over a million dollars? Is back in action in 2017 and having a pretty good year. Has only missed the board one time. Has made 42,000 of seven starts, but uh, it's going to be tough trading for him. Although obviously he's got a lot of speed. I mean, take it back, Terry. Did somewhere in LA's talented uh, Texas Terrace talented and PH Supercam. He can never throw out the Wiley veteran, especially when he's going from post eight to post two. So this is a very entertaining affair, but uh, I do have a feeling that uh, Missile J has got a big, big shot in here. Two to one on the board. Once again, though, you may want to demand value. I don't know if you want to take two to one on anybody in this race. Yeah, it's a, this race is a little bit tough. Obviously, Missile J uh, won easily, coming home in 28 and 2, 154 and 1 mile last time out. But a horse that I kind of liked last week uh, was Vegas Vacation, uh, as you said, was kind of roughed up, kind of almost like McWicked was, except he was, uh, you know, he had to work really hard uh, to get to the lead. And once he got there, he seemed to kind of ration out the fractions a little bit 27 and 3, 57 and 2, Mike. Uh, in the uh, second quarter, and then the third quarter slowed it down even more, 125 and four, and came flying home late in 28 and one. I think Vegas Vacation's got a shot. Uh, Provocative Prince is kind of my question mark horse, Mike. And the reason I say that is two starts back, he won by a neck over a decent field 
And the uh, line in the program says strong finish. There's no doubt about it. This horse made up three lengths in the stretch. And at Yonkers, uh, with, the, uh, with the length of that stretch, making up ground is, uh, is easy, uh, if you ask me. I think Provocative Prince is going to be close to the lead. The problem I have with this race, Mike, is there is no speed hardly at all to the inside. So that's going to force Vegas Vacation's hand just a little bit from post five. What is Yannick Jingra going to do? You're going from Jordan Stratton to Yannick Jingra. That's a, uh, that's a pretty hefty driver change, if you ask me. Race number 10 is uh, the fourth division of the George Morton Levy Series uh, second leg, and you've got some very familiar names in here, Mike. All bets off, who uh, was going to uh, retire after his five-year-old season, but did not, and uh, came back in 2017, and his first start of the year, I thought made a pretty good showing of himself, finishing a good second to Long Live Rock there, gets the big-time the New Year's Morning Line favoritism. Our good friend Wakazashi Hanover, off of uh, throat I think this horse has uh, raced very, very well, albeit hasn't took her yet in 2017, but that time is certainly coming as Wakazashi Hanover is much too talented of a horse to keep out of the winner's circle. Long live rock. One beat all bets off last time, but now he's in post seven. So that's certainly going to be a tough assignment from him. I think all bets off gets it done in the second uh, race of the year. Yeah, you know, all bets off is definitely the horse to beat here. It's funny you mentioned Wakazashi Hanover, Mike. He seems to be improving uh, for trainer Jim King and owner uh, Bruce Kennedy and the Tri-County Stable in Nova Scotia. Wakazashi Hanover was fourth, missing by three lengths to a uh, pretty good field last time out. Mike lost to Soto, a bit of a legend, and somewhere in L.A. But the inside draw for all bets off makes this uh, horse uh, really tough in here. The last victory came at Rosecroft in the first annual Potomac Pace. One and one forty-eight and two, and Mike, if you remember, he came from off the pace, came home in twenty-eight and two in that race at odds of four to one. I think all bets off is the horse to beat there. All right, and that was our Around the Horn segment. Uh, so some great action coming up at Yonkers on Friday and Saturday. Make sure you check it out. Is it a harness racing track for you? Well, Mike, it was a, a very interesting show today. We urge each and every one of you, especially the Joe Feraldo interview, check it out on the archive. Even if you've caught it, uh, hey, you, I think that's well worth <laughs> a repeat to listen to it again. We're going to have uh, our archive up in just a moment on Bet America, so you can check that out, betamerica.com uh, slash barn. And uh, what else, Mike? Are we done? Yeah, I think that's it, man. We've had a lot of fun. Where is this hour and 15 minutes gone? It's a reminder, not next week, the following week, 1030 in the morning. Mike, you might have to set an alarm to wake me up because I, uh, I may not remember to get up that early, <laughs> especially on a Thursday. Yeah, if you're <laughs> dependent on me to wake you up, boy, you got some problems. <laughs> Listen, uh, when you came out here, I had to wake you up, remember? Listen, we'll see everybody next week. First post, 1 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one last call for alcohol to so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.